Hi everyone, and welcome to the third episode of My Climate Diet, the podcast where I'm shedding the pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. I'm Lisa Pettibone, expatriate sustainability advocate and climate dieter. But don't worry, I count carbon, not carbs. Today, I want to talk about e-waste. First, what is it? E-waste is short for electronic waste, and it includes all discarded electric or electronic devices with battery power, circuitry, or electric elements. This includes things like mobile phones, computers, laptops, TVs, printers, also large electronic devices like dishwashers, washing machines, dryers, and more. E-waste is a pretty big deal. Globally, about 40 million tons of e-waste are generated each year, only 13% of which is recycled. E-waste is also responsible for 70% of the toxic waste that we generate. Over 60 chemical elements are found in e-waste, including toxic elements such as lead, beryllium, and mercury. E-waste that's improperly disposed of can end up in landfills, which can leach into the water supply, or it's often incinerated, releasing toxic chemicals into the air. Even if these things don't happen, A lot of e-waste is shipped to Africa and Asia to be picked over by informal trash pickers, which negatively affects their health. A great documentary on this is Welcome to Sodom, which profiles the trash pickers in one of the largest e-waste landfills in Africa. So basically that means we're creating a lot of it, we're not recycling it, and that leads to bad stuff. So what can we do to reduce our e-waste? There are some obvious solutions. Use less, repair what you've got, buy used. You can also buy modular, buy fair, and recycle e-waste properly. This is what I wanted to focus on this week. My challenge to myself was to take a bag of e-waste that I've been collecting over the last year and recycle it properly with Berlin Recycling. I can tell you right now, I failed on that challenge. Although ironically, I might end up better than expected. Let me take a step back first though. For proper recycling, if you live in the United States, the EPA has a site listing certified electronics recyclers which meet environmental and worker safety standards. This is important because a lot of recycling organizations that are not certified simply ship e-waste abroad to places with lower environmental and human safety standards. In the EU, things are a little better, which makes things easier for me, especially because I didn't do my homework this week. In 2002, the EU passed a directive on e-waste that required all member states to pass laws to guarantee proper disposal. Germany complied with this directive by passing the Electrical and Electronic Equipment Act, or Elektrogee for short, in 2005. This law requires manufacturers to take back electronic devices and recycle parts that they can and dispose of others properly. Practically speaking, what this means is that municipalities offer drop-off points for old electronics that are then fed back to manufacturers. If I had done my part, I would have gone to one of these drop-off points, handed in my old e-waste, and then it would have gone to a holding area, 
and finally back to the manufacturers. What also happens is that large retailers of electronic devices offer free takebacks of old devices when someone buys a replacement. If you don't buy a replacement, they will charge you, but they are legally required to take back your old electronics. Fun fact, the EU updated its e-waste directive in 2012. It's being slowly phased in in implementation through to this year, and it now includes things like how to recycle old solar voltaic panels. So thanks Germany and the EU for making my life easier because part of the reason I failed on my homework is I had two electronic devices die on me this week. First, my electric kettle. I bought this eight, nine years ago and it has been it has been the crappiest electric kettle most of my friends have ever seen. Whenever I have guests over and I make tea for them, I very often get feedback on how long it takes for the water to boil. So about a month ago, my husband fixed our electric kettle by deliming it, taking the thick crust of lime around the heating coil, uh, removing it with some special magic that he has. Unfortunately, the amazing, amazingly new efficient electric kettle that he created through this process then decided to randomly turn on and heat up even with the light off and the off switch on. So who knows? It became possessed by demons. Fortunately, we use a circuit breaker for the electrical appliances in the kitchen, or we probably would have had a small fire in the last week. At any rate, we decided this poses enough of a danger that it's time for the electric kettle to go. We have not replaced it yet, but I have added it to the bag of e-waste that I still need to dispose of. But that was not the most fun adventure of the week which was the washing machine. On Sunday, we did a load of baby laundry that ended up taking about 10 hours, including at least 10 new cycles of schleudern or spin cycles, and another 10 times where we pumped the water out. So we finally had to admit the washing machine has to be replaced. The washing machine is one that my husband bought about 12 years ago. So that we can also say has more than done its duty. Washing machines are replaced on average of every three years. So we are well beyond the curve with ours. And this is where we come to the fun part because after the washing machine died, my husband went shopping and he found a shiny new washing machine that is rated A++++ which means it will save us electricity and water in the long run, almost certainly reducing my carbon footprint, which is something simply disposing of my e-waste wouldn't have necessarily done. So this is how I come out ahead this week. Pretty cool, right? So how did I do? I looked at Stiftung Valentest, which calculates that an old washing machine uses about one to one and a half kilowatt hours of electricity per use. Uh, they also rate that a new, a, a new washing machine uses only 0.5 to 0.8 kilowatts. So 
using their calculations, I figure I use, I will save about 100 kilowatt hours in a year of use. We wash about two loads a week, sometimes three. On the other hand, our electricity provider uses exclusively renewable energy. So our CO2 doesn't go down too, too much. But overall, even though I failed this week, I somehow came out ahead. It's a pretty good feeling. This week, I also want to add a new segment called What's Giving Me Hope This Week. I'm shamelessly stealing this from Pop Culture Happy Hour, but I feel that it's fair enough because they've taken out my favorite segment of their show, What's Making Me Happy This Week. Bring it back if you're listening. So I teach sustainability classes, mostly as an excuse to keep learning about this stuff myself. And in preparing for my class this week, I ended up on a science fiction website called Strange Horizons. And I tooled around on there looking for a good example of climate fiction and came across an amazing poem entitled, In Which My Grandma Kicks Ass and Takes Names During the Zombie Apocalypse. It was written by Emery Noakes. So... Emery, I know I shouldn't say that reading about zombies keeps me hopeful, but it does. So thank you for giving me hope this week. And everyone else, thanks for listening. Next month, I want to try a theme month. I want to focus on seasonal food. As I mentioned in the first episode, this is something I'm chronically bad at. So I thought I would take an entire month to figure out what's fresh in Berlin in April and how to prepare it. I'm going to challenge myself to find one type of seasonal produce each week and prepare it in a way that my family will eat. Thanks for listening. For links to the websites I talked about in this episode and more information on e-waste, go to my website, myclimatediet.org. I'd love to hear from you too. So please write me an email with your climate question or solution to lisa at myclimatediet.org. And please rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, share it with your friends, and consider starting a climate diet of your own. If you do, I'd really love to hear about it. Because if we were all to go on a climate diet, it wouldn't be the end of the world.